You're listening to the Mum Drum Podcast. Motherhood to a different beat. Hi, welcome to the Mum Drum. I'm Amy Fellman. And I'm Dr. Nicole Hyatt. Today on the show, we're chatting to Rachel Watts and her husband, Jason. Rachel and Jason are the proud parents of Harry and Harvey. You might recognise Rachel from the Channel 7 reality TV show, Yummy Mummies, which follows four glamorous mums-to-be as they navigate pregnancy. Despite being called a reality TV show, we know that this is not always the case, and that's one of the reasons Rachel is here today, to share with us the true reality of her becoming a mum. Rachel and Jason are going to talk to us about the experience of the birth of their firstborn son. As can happen, things didn't go to plan, and to understand a little bit more about their experiences, the impacts this had on them and how they coped, they're joining us today on The Mum Drum. Rachel, Jason, welcome to The Mum Drum. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you, Thank Amy. You. It's Thanks a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Fantastic. So I might start with you, Rachel. Sure. Um, when you're obviously with your ser- being part of the series Yummy Mummies, uh, it's a series which is looking at a very fairly glamorous side of motherhood. Yes. Um, but that was far from your experience when it came to the birth of your first son. Yes. Um, I wonder if you'd like to tell us a little bit about that experience today. Sure. Um, so I've got two boys now, yeah. Harry and Harvey. So how um, old are they? Sorry. Um, so Harvey's now three. Yeah. Um, and little Harry is six months. So still got my hands full. So you're right in it. Um, so today I did want to speak about my first um, child, Harvey's birth mm-hmm. experience, um, and really just to get the word out there for new mums, expecting mums, um, that you know sometimes. <clears throat> the plan doesn't go to plan and mm-hmm. um, perception versus reality was not, is not always there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I'm here today and mm-hmm. thank you for having me. Pleasure. So um, would you like to tell us a little bit about what unfolded when you obviously went into labour? Did you go into labour with? Um... Sure. Well, I'll start at the start. i yep. try and do it in a nutshell because yep. I feel like I can blabber on sometimes. Um, so probably the first Thing was when my obstetrician told me that um, she was going to be overseas for a month um, mm. and that she wouldn't be here for my birth. Mm. Um, so that kind of upset me a little bit because I didn't understand why she had booked me for that time. Yeah. Um, but that was okay. I'm a pretty easygoing person. I really loved her as an obstetrician and was saddened that she wasn't going to be there. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's okay. I mm. moved on. Um, and then, yeah, I my waters erupted um, and they didn't fully break. So off we went into the hospital um, and I ended up having an elective Caesar. So Harvey turned posterior, which means his spine was against my spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my plans or perceptions of birth was I didn't want to have drugs mm-hmm. and I really wanted to have a natural birth that was not unreal not uncommon for yeah us. yeah Humans. so um I thought it was totally realistic and you know when I set a goal on something I like to be a high achiever mm-hmm. um and in the past normally my goals I do achieve um and yeah this one was really out of my control mm-hmm. um I ended up having an apple jewel 17 hours in after he turned posterior um, and later did find out that I would not have been able to give birth to him naturally because his head was back and his mm-hmm. mouth was open so he was stuck yeah. and, and that yeah. was a late turn 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was posterior. He only turned posterior at like 15 hours. So right. he wasn't wow. posterior the whole time. And it mm. was all going fine. Like the pain was obviously intense, but I could deal with the labor pain. It was all, mm. you know, in my stomach, mm. in my uterus. But then when he turned posterior, I actually thought, and I know this is really dramatic, I thought I was going to die of a mm. heart attack mm. <laughs> because yeah. the pain was so intense. My heart, I thought, was about to like give out mm. and that's when I was like give me an epidural mm. um so as soon as I had an epidural Harvey's heart rate started to go up and down up and down and that's when I had the emergency cesarean so looking back I often think you know should I have had that epidural did I if I didn't have that would his heart rate have kept going up and down and you know all those if this and if that so mm -hmm. I'm just learning how to let it go. Mm -hmm. um, but I suppose for me, my birthing story is more the aftermark mm -hmm. that I wanted to share. Um, so 24 hours after giving birth um, that night, strangely enough, I could just feel warmth between my legs. Um, didn't know what it was, but it didn't feel right. And I called a nurse, she checked my womb and there, I, I was just covered in blood wow. um, and my womb had from the cesarean had popped open so mm -hmm. um, that was a bit of a scare so they called in the obstetrician she came down Jason was in a, the bed next to me but he mm -hmm. was asleep he's mm -hmm. like the best sleeper um, <laughs> and then she started I didn't know what was going on I was mm -hmm. on um, Tremadol at the time for the pain, so I was a little bit out of it. Um, and the other one, endone, endone. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Yep. So yeah, um, yeah. I was like, okay, still really calm. And so she started to sew me. They gave me a local anaesthetic and started to sew me up in bed. Still wasn't really aware what was going on. Mm. Um, and yeah, they failed to wake. Jason up and tell him what was going on so as they were working on me I could feel the stitch going through and then I started screaming like I can feel it I can feel it mm. he wakes up and is like nearly throwing punches at them because oh there was gosh. people over me working on me there was like a massacre of blood um yeah mm. so I feel like I wanted to share my story because I just think there probably should have been more of a communication mm. yeah. there. Um, so that was the first night. Second night, it happened again, um, although Jason was already awake. Um, so that was 24, 48 hours after having Harvey. Um, and then by this stage, I did want to breastfeed, mm -hmm. although I was unable to. Um, so I had to sign a waiver to give him formula, and he was... Um, taken into the nursery, which was fine because I was recovering. Um, and then finally a different obstetrician came and saw me and just said, this is a mess, you need to stop eating immediately and we need to go back in, take it all out and redo it all again. So, wow. you know, that's seven layers, I think mm. they stitched, mm. all seven came out mm -hmm. and yeah, mm. all of it got done again, mm. so. That was day three. That was day three, yeah. Wow. Um, what I, yeah. And of course, there's a baby somewhere yeah. in this story. Yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> that I was trying really hard to breastfeed. Um, <sighs> and I did end up breastfeeding and giving him the bottle, which mm. I was okay with that. 
Um, and I suppose one other thing that is probably the hardest thing that I've had to deal with is after I had the emergency caesarean, I was taken away um, to recover. And in my mind, I always thought Harvey would be put on mm -hmm. me and would stay with me mm -hmm. and I would breastfeed him straight mm -hmm. away. And you hear the story where the baby creeps up and it follows your yeah. um, line. And that was my perception. Like that is what mm -hmm. was going to happen to me. And none of that happened. He was taken away. I was sent to recovery. I was so out of it that I didn't realise I was there for two hours. Mm. Harvey was hungry. Mm. He hadn't seen his mum. Mm. He was with dad. But he, he'd been in my body for, you know, 10 months. Mm. He should have been with me. And even now I think, oh, he, he is a bit of a mummy's boy. But um, mm. I even think now some of his... He hasn't got major behavioural problems, normal toddler, Which but three, I often think, oh, you know, those <clears throat> two hours when he should have been with his mum, when he was hungry, he came out into this big wide world from being all tucked up in me and I should have been there for him and mm. I wasn't. So mm. in dealing with that has probably been the hardest over any of my, you mm. know, physical pain and mm. all of that. And I probably haven't shared the story because most of the time I just feel well you've got a beautiful boy out of this you don't need to talk about it mm. just get over it and move on mm. um, but after speaking with you mm -hmm. um, which we had a really good chat um, I feel like yeah I want to be here today and want to show that you know even if it's just to one mum out there yeah, yeah. Reality and perception are two different things mm. um, and you know your birth may be fine but it's okay if mm. it's not. Mm. Can I just explore a little bit um, more with you around you know what it was like then when you were in that situation say you were in the recovery area uh, what did that feel like I mean in terms of did you feel numb did you feel overwhelmed do you, do you think you're in shock or? Oh, I was confused I yeah. was really confused um, I didn't know where Harvey was yeah mm. um, I was shaking uncontrollably you had ice crystals on your spine. Um, yeah, and I didn't realize I was there for that long yeah. I thought I was there for about five minutes and then I was taken up I think if I understood that I was there for that long I would have been asking I did keep asking, where's my baby? Where's my husband? Mm. And they, I can't even remember what yeah. they were saying, but mm. it seemed, and I had to ask for something to put in my mouth because of my teeth were chattering. So I probably, I, I feel even if I was in that state, if my husband was there, Harvey was there and a nurse was there, we all mm. could have been in the room together. Mm. Yeah. I was probably in a state of some form of shock, but I think I was also in a form of shock because everyone had just left. Yeah. I was in the You're room abandoned. on my yeah. own. Yeah. On my own, baby was gone. I'd had emergency cesarean, nurse was popping in and out. Are you okay? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah. Mm. But mm. at the time I didn't realize that I wasn't okay. It's not until afterwards when you're lying in bed, you know, five nights later, six <clears throat> nights later, and you just start to think back on mm. everything and go, that was one of the most traumatic experiences yeah. Yeah. I've ever had to endure. Yeah. And I don't wish that upon any other mother. Yeah. Um, 
and then it kept going 24 hours and then I had Harvey on Wednesday and then I had my second operation on Saturday and was in hospital for eight nights mm. in all. Wow. Mm. You, know, you, you said you sort of don't talk about this story oh, a lot and no. you're talking about it today with us as if it happened yesterday. It's oh, so it, it's, every detail. Yeah, yeah. So impactful. I, yeah. yeah, and my I, heart rate is actually elevated yeah. talking about this. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And I think because rate. only six months yeah. ago I had Harry and it was completely different experience. Mm. It, it just flooded back the memories of having Harvey and going, mm. Harry's experience was beautiful and I loved yeah. every single moment of it. Mm. And just think, my experience with Harvey was so wrong mm. and how can I make this not happen yeah. to another mother and it really comes down to communication mm -hmm. um, with the people that were working at the hospital I yeah. think all of it could have been a lot better experience if everything was just communicated to me that you're having an emergency cesarean for this reason you're being taken to um, recovery for this reason this is where your child is like even the aftermath of being sewn up, I still don't have the answers of, you know, why did it burst open three mm. times? Um, was I botched? Mm. I've had all, you know, am I a haemophiliac? No, I've had all my bloods mm. tested. Mm -hmm. There's no medical reason for it to be the way it was. Yeah, look, and I just want to, um, I think it's fascinating that this is such a common story, I'm afraid. Um, and it's not necessarily that the event of the birth that is leading to a lot of trauma, it's the care that women and their partners are receiving, which is compounding mm -hmm. the feelings of trauma. Mm -hmm. I think I don't think it helps that you, um, like most people, go into birth with very high expectations, yeah. thinking it's going to be candles and meditation music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we really we did. did. I don't we think did. it helps that it's foot massages. We start up here and lavender, yeah. yeah. visualization, yeah. lavender, <laughs> candles, yes. flowers opening. Oh, yes. God. Yes. <laughs> We That's thought right. my uterus was a rose and I just needed to oh, visualise yeah. the flower opening and yeah. oh. give birth. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, those sort of things, having those expectations in the first place. And then yeah. um, there were so many themes that you've talked about mm. which have been shown in the, not only in the research, but by other people's experience. One of them is the lack of communication, which you clearly <clears throat> say yeah. women are feeling and their partners that. Uh, they're not being communicated with by health professionals and that is compounding those feelings of trauma, uh, not feeling empowered with information, I've got no role in here mm. um, and it leads to the whole feeling that things are happening to me rather than I'm working with my health professional, yeah. we're working towards an end goal. Yeah. And that makes, uh, ends up, you end up feeling totally violated. Mm. Um, and in some cases, people are feeling like there's even what we call obstetric violence, where mm. things are being done to you without your permission or, and it's, you're totally vulnerable and feeling violated. Yeah. Um, so they're two major things. And then the lack of sensitivity often, uh, mm both research and our consumer stories also talk about the way people are spoken to by health professionals and how that minimizes their experience it uh, doesn't give them the opportunity to talk about what's happened or debrief mm -hmm. and that's compounding the trauma and then to top it all off quite often people are saying what have you got to complain about you've got a beautiful healthy baby and that's what Be grateful. i always thought and yeah. i thought no complaining like i've told a few people 
bits and pieces of what yeah. happened. Obviously, Jason and my mum knows everything. Yeah. And my mother-in-law. But I'm like, I've got a beautiful baby here. Like, mm. people want to hear positive things. Yeah. And, you know, mm. how well I'm doing rather than... The reality. The reality. <laughs> yeah. Was that, yeah, I was feeling really down mm. after having this gorgeous baby when I should be feeling happy and I, I was happy but I had this niggling feeling in the back that I'd actually failed as a mm -hmm. woman mm -hmm. not being able to give birth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this went over three days so you know the miscommunication started pretty much sort of from the get-go even in terms of the body language like you were saying to us before off camera that you're very relaxed but your obstetrician was quite heightened yeah. and, and speedy just, yeah. yeah she was screaming at the top of her lungs sweating yeah. she was sweating and yeah. running around the room she burst through the door i just like can so see it like it was yesterday mm -hmm. screaming emergency emergency go 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 i'm like i can't like, what what's mom. going on mm. i thought um yeah yeah What's going on? So in is, he, is my baby dying? Like oh. that's what I, mm. I just wanted to know what was going on. So and you're scary. not informed. You've got yeah. no idea. Yeah. You're no. not in control. You're not working no. as part of a team. And I have to say, I did do a calm birthing class that mm. went through what happens when mm. you have a um, cesarean. So for me, that was such a great piece of information because I that. knew I'd go into a room, it would be all white, there'd be like 20 people in there, all little blue people. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, and I was like, this is normal. If I didn't yes. know that, mm. I think I would have freaked, freaked out, out even absolutely. more. But I was just like, okay, that's fine. I, I remember someone this. said this can happen. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I remember calm birthing classes was you know, 99% about natural birth and there was a little bit Thank about... Thank goodness they put in the 1%. Just that little mm. bit. Do you think mm. there was enough? No, yeah. no. I think there needs to be more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In that three days, did you guys converse about what was going on? Did you feel like there was an opportunity to no. ask for better communication? No, it was all about Harvey. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was it really about was. Har yep. It's all about Harvey. I just had a baby and so it should be. There was nothing about you. About yeah. that. No. Nothing. We spoke yeah. a couple of times concerned that you might be a haemophiliac, but mm -hmm. nothing uh -huh. was said to the doctors that she was. Yes. Um, yes. so but so, yeah, it was, it was predominantly more about Harvey. And mm -hmm. just the cut was actually when that lady came back on the Saturday, and you went in for that she procedure. Was she was excellent. She said, yeah. "This is not good. It's, time. it's botched is a choice of word that you mentioned earlier." But oh, you I think say I was that. Um, she did. And they opened her up, and then obviously came back, and it was just it was done correctly, mm -hmm. and she gave us a lot of communication, taking Rachel great. away. This is what's going to take place once it's all completed. Open it up, clean it up, and it's going to be much better. Yeah. And how much better? Just because you were communicating exactly. with she was so Yeah, she was good. She was yeah. so good. And, you know, the so I had my obstetrician that I went to, the obstetrician that did the day, did, did the, the day, day and yeah. the clean up in yeah. bed. And then I had the third obstetrician mm -hmm. that um, cleaned up the other meds. Let's go in and operate on this. We tried to get her as well, originally, but originally, she was completely booked out. Originally, she was booked out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> How things go. So yeah. what about for you, Jason? You were obviously by Rachel's side while all yeah. this was going on. What, must, what was this um, for you? The whole labour I absolutely loved because I knew what role I needed to play. <laughs> Again, that calm birthing experience. Yeah. I remember going when they did that calm birthing class and they asked all the couples in the room, what were your thoughts on birth? Mm -hmm. And the choice, everyone virtually said terrifying or unknown or mm -hmm. horrific. Whereas at the end of it, I actually walked away. And I actually, I think I said, I'm paranoid or something like that. 
But at the end of it, at the end of that, I was excited yep. about what it, what what, what role I could play. Mm-hmm. Um, which I absolutely loved. So I know it was a bit of a traumatic I, experience. No, I, no, no, I enjoyed was, my labour as yeah, well. It yeah. was just the end bit. Yeah. yeah. But then, soon as I never forget, soon as um, the obstetrician came in and said emergency is there, it's like she pushed the panic button and everything just changed in my yeah. mind. My brother um, Matt was sitting out there and was waiting the whole time with my mum and. I calmly walked out and I said, it's an emergency cesarean. Um, Rachel's going in, we're about to have the baby. We didn't know we were going to have a boy or a girl at that time. Yeah. Um, but again, the calm birthing class knew that this is what's going to happen, mm-hmm. which was fine. Then Harvey was born. And again, I thought that that time, because Harvey has been in Rachel for that nine months, he should have been on Rachel's chest yeah. for a, a longer period of time than what he was. He was, was out, put on my on chest, chest. I reckon for... You tell oh, me. Two I was... minutes maximum. Yeah. Maximum. Yeah. Whereas with Harry, Harry was there for two hours. Oh, just... he was not taking it. it and just... I was like, you are not taking my baby. And he pooed oh. on you three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came straight out and like, all the black went. I was like, I so don't yeah, care. You're still perfect. not taking him. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. So that was really mine. Yeah. yeah. But then after they took Harvey away from Rachel, sort of thought, are they going to put him back or what's going on there? And then I got to cut the umbilical cord, which is great. And then they wheeled me out. And I left Rachel in there. I'm just thinking, what's going on? And they said, oh, Rachel's just going to go to recovery. She'll be out in 15, 20 minutes. So I took Harvey out, got him to meet my mum and my brother. And everyone was trying. It was fantastic. Like, that was just pure joy and love. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a big, yeah, it's then, a big ordeal to go through. Yeah. 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 And then uh, we went up to the... Um, to our room and like literally two hours later like I was just asking every 15 minutes where's Rach is Rachel okay because we had that massive drama the emergency area is taking place and then there was just no communication with me mm. and I was upset I was mm. distraught Harvey was crying because we thought he needed Stop. to get straight on the boob mm. and have some colostrum is that the yep. yes yeah good work yeah and yeah just all I wanted to have was some communication with my line of work. I make sure everyone's communicated so they know exactly what's going on. And I was just so disappointed I didn't get that because mm. Rachel was on her own, lonely, mm. without her son that's just yeah. been taken out of her. And I was with yeah. Harvey and we just needed to have that yeah. bonding. Yeah. 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 Which was hard. Yeah. Were you confused about like what you could do in those circumstances? Yeah. You know? I, yeah cause I was literally had him there like staring at him for hours and just mm. coming to like where's Rachel and going out and they said oh she's okay we'll, we'll let you know what's going on but no one told me what was going on. Right. I had no idea how long she was going to be. Is she okay? Is she still in theatre? Like is there some major complications? Yeah. Like what's going on? Yeah. Because we planned everything what we thought was going to take place yeah. with the calm birth and obviously the emergency cesarean, but we still didn't actually get what was going to under what was going to take place after that. Yeah. After that, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of, I think I focused a lot on the birth and mm. never thought, what is About it going to be after? Mm. Yeah. I could never yeah. see past it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Jason, you had that really scary experience of waking up. Yeah. While Rachel was being. Yeah sign up and you had no idea what I had no was idea. I woke on. up to Rachel being saying, uh, you stop it, you're hurting me, I can feel it. And it's like, I got up and just saw red. That was just yeah. so... Well, it would have been like watching your wife being assaulted. Yeah, mm. exactly yeah. right. So you After would have just gone through, didn't yeah. have any communication, we paid all this money for private, yeah. expecting to get this absolutely Quality beautiful communi- like communicative mm. um, level of service. But it just was, wasn't that at all. Mm. And for the, me to wake up and 
see that with Rachel, like three nurses around Rach literally didn't even bother to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, we're about to do this to Rachel because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I would have got out of the room with Harvey and just gone for a walk rather than having yeah. to see that because I'm not good with blood and that sort yeah, of stuff yeah. on the best mm. of days. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was, it was frustrating. It was um, uninformative. It was scary, scary, scary. and if, honestly frightening yeah. because I didn't know what was going on with Rach. Mm. Yeah. Why do you think? That, that was happening, such poor communication. Well, we tried to make I sense was, of it. Yeah, I was no in the bed and yeah. then, so the hospital at the husband's get these like cot rollout beds. So he was like over that side on the floor. So maybe they just thought we'll just get it done and we won't Disturbing. have time to wake him up or something. Mm. I don't well, know. They didn't see me, but I'm six foot two and <laughs> I don't <laughs> have to step know. Over me, so yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whether that's happened in the past and it's, it's normal, it's accepted. Mm. They're not thinking about the patient. Like, we just it? presumed that this was all normal. Mm. And then we've spoken mm. to a couple of people since and they just said, no, that's not normal. Yeah. Like that's mm. completely mm. unnormal. And it can be really tough for dads anyway to know mm. what to do mm. yeah. at the best of times. Yeah. Best of times with yeah. all those white coats around especially. Yeah. Yeah. So in that circumstance in particular, just somebody mm. reaching out to you was Harvey there? Like I can't, can't I'm so it's all a blur. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just can't even remember if he was there. Mm. And so how long did it take you both to sort of come to terms with what had happened? I mean when you left hospital, so you were in hospital for because of the complications days, for yeah. about eight days. Yes. Um, by the time you got home, did you feel like you'd processed what had happened or was it still all a bit of a blur? And it was all a blur for me. It mm -hmm. really didn't start to, I didn't heavily start to think about it until maybe Harvey was even three months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I, once I started feeling better in myself and was recovered, then I was like, okay, this is like, and then when I'd go to sleep at night, I'd kind of, you would start right from the start and you just replay every single mm -hmm. moment and mm -hmm. go, I wonder if that happened, that would have happened, like things mm -hmm. would have changed. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that a lot in the hospital. I remember not sleeping and mm -hmm. being on that endo probably didn't yep. help because that spaced me out. Um, Tremadol was okay. But um, yeah, so I did it a lot in hospital and then probably three months, when Harvey was three months, I really started to think about it a lot more and mm. just question everything. Did thinking of, sorry Amy, <laughs> did thinking about it before the three months, would, was that just too hard to go there? Oh, I couldn't go there. I yeah. just couldn't go there. You needed that was space. Just, um, the focus was Harvey, Harvey, breastfeeding, just being a mum. Be too vulnerable to um, read, really, go back there. I'd read so many books with so many routines and I mm. wanted that routine down pat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was really focused on that where it's funny with Harry, I threw all the books out. Yeah. I said nothing. He can just sleep go with the flow. and eat whenever he feels like it. And I, I've just done everything. I went mm. public this time. Um, I've, yeah, I've tried to really change everything I mm. did. Sometimes yeah. it can uh, lead to some kind of, you know, mental health challenges after we have a traumatic experience like that yeah did you yeah. anxiety or no i'm when it comes to mental health i feel like i am oh, i've never had any problems in the past and mm -hmm. i don't seem to dwell on things too mm -hmm. much um so i just go oh, and try and stay really positive mm -hmm. um so yeah no i don't think it got to that to be honest mm -hmm. with you but 
I think for many other people, um, it, it could have happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a really good support system with my family <clears throat> and Jason. Um, it didn't get to that, but I just feel like I really wanted to be here today, tell my story and make sure that it touches someone mm -hmm. in terms of an expecting mum having a plan and knowing, mm. like, just don't set all your cards up and think they're going to be perfect because mine came tumbling down. Yeah. So, so what was your um, birth plan with number two after that first experience for both of you? I didn't have a plan. There was no plan? No plan. There was no plan. I had an elective caesarean. I had an elective caesarean. Right. Yeah. yeah. The plan was there was no plan. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, well, there was a bit of a plan. I did have a date yeah. booked in um, and... I was so nervous about going into labour that I asked the doctor to bring it forward, mm -hmm. um, which I ended up having Harry 10 days before his um, due date. Mm -hmm. So it was booked in five days beforehand and I was like freaking out going, mm -hmm. I just... So you did I have a bit of a fear about the, yeah, yeah. the upcoming So um, the plan was to go in. I was pretty nervous still. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I remember with Harry and it's the it's the funniest things those little things that you remember um so bef when you have your epidural is it an epidural before you have an elective cesarean yeah yep yeah, so i was having I the epidural so. <laughs> um so jason goes out of the room for about 10 minutes and mm. i was on the bed and they were about to put the needle in and i just felt someone's little hand just come and hold my hand and i just looked up and she was just looking at me and she just smiled and that's the one thing oh. I remember mm -hmm. about being in theatre. Oh. And it's just so that powerful. one human connection. Yeah. She just took my hand and... Um, she had a son named Harry as well. She had oh. a son named Harry yeah. and a son named Jack. Anyways, um, she just took my hand and that is the one thing I remember. Yeah. Where yeah. my first experience was there's a million things I remember and they were all... Negative. You know, probably mm. not the best. Mm. 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 Jason, did you have any following kind of mental difficulties or, you know, anxiety? Um, really. I, I like tend to bottle a few things up more than what Rachel does. Rachel's okay. very positive and just moves on with things, whereas I have things running through my mind a hell of a lot. Mm -hmm. um, dealt with stress and anxiety at certain points of my life and career mm -hmm. as well, but I meditate and do some certain mindfulness things to help me out. Yeah. Um, about a year after Harvey was born, I did get a, a, a bit of anxiety, mm -hmm. but I think that was just more work related than mm -hmm. maybe the birth of Harvey, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's obviously talking about that, it does make me quite emotional because yeah. the birth of Harry was one of the most peaceful, calm, beautiful experiences we've ever shared as a couple, yeah. ever. Yeah. And it was yeah. phenomenal. Wow. Whereas the birth of Harvey, and you know, there's no difference between them, but they're both beautiful human beings, but yeah. his birth was chaos. Yeah. yeah. Complete chaos. And the only thing, that, and Rachel's body reacted differently. We wanted to try for a natural birth. Mm -hmm. Circumstances didn't allow that. Um, but if the communication could have been a little bit better on Rachel's and my side, it might have allowed us to maybe, particularly Rachel, to cope with it a little bit more. Mm, mm. And feel some level of in, insight and empowerment into what was going on rather yeah. than, yeah. it'd be less traumatic potentially. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you said you're yeah. both incredibly supportive of each other. Sometimes mm. it can impact our relationship too, just yeah. kind of mm -hmm. going through, I guess, the grief of what happened and, and, mm -hmm. and the, um, the considering it wasn't what you expected. Mm. Yeah. Um, can, the grief can happen at different <clears throat> stages and in different ways. Did you feel that 
as I a unit. I think this is the first time we've sat down and ever talked about it. about it. We yeah. don't. We haven't spoken about it. Mm. Wow. We've just moved on and just yeah. gone. We Let's haven't. just get on with life and gone. Oh yeah, that's been that was shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but not really deeply gone. Okay, let's break process it down it. and process exactly what happened and. Mm. Um, yeah. But having the firstborn as a couple is challenging enough. Exactly. So we sort of maybe dealt with that life adjustment rather than dealing with the challenge of the birth. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree. Just yeah. got to move on and focus yeah. on the next challenge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're quite yeah. fortunate. We are supportive of one another. So mm -hmm. yeah. we don't have that sort of issue as a couple, mm -hmm. so to speak, yes. which is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you think having some professional guidance back then around that time, just in, you know, what might happen following an experience like this um, as a couple or in your, in your parenting uh, might have been helpful, do you think? I think what would have been helpful for me is to have seen the obstetrician again. Okay. Not the first one, not the last one, the middle one, the mm. one that gave me the elective Caesar, mm. the one that sewed me up three times. I never saw her. She was gone. Mm. Um, so I think she should have come in after the operation mm. and just sat down and we should have gone through everything, um, maybe come up with an answer. They should have done tests on me if I was a haemophiliac. Mm. Um, they didn't do any of those tests. It was actually the public system that did the test once I was pregnant with Harry mm. um, to make sure um, whatever happens with mm. Harry doesn't, uh, whatever happened with Harvey mm. doesn't happen again with Harry. Mm. Mm. And I can understand that. You want someone to take some responsibility. Yeah. And also um, maybe that was an important part of for you both to have a feeling of closure, mm. that you can mm. move forward, that it has been acknowledged yeah. uh, by the person or in that situation when that happened. Yeah. Mm. And it makes it hard when you're still holding on to that and someone hasn't you haven't been given that opportunity to move forward in a yeah. supported way. Mm. Yeah. So I can definitely see how, you know, that that doesn't, it certainly doesn't help mm. at all. Yeah. Mm. But did, you, did anybody follow up with you from the obstetrician post the surgery and when we were at home to see how you're coping and everything? No, it kind of gets mm. handed over to... Yeah. To the next to lot the, of health, yeah, postnatal yeah. care now, you're going off to the care, maternal and child yeah. health. Yeah. I must admit the um, nurses at um, where we went privately, they were amazing. Mm -hmm. um, their level of care was definitely really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, it was more just the obstetrician. Mm -hmm. And do you think there's, um, when you look at community attitudes and stigma and those sort of things around the whole issue of birth, uh, do you think that society is quite harsh on people, particularly perhaps before they've had their first baby, about what the expectations are or that you feel judged if you... Because um, there was a lot of things there that you said that you felt like you'd failed, mm. your expectations were high. Um, are we living in a community... Yeah, 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 are we living enough. in a community where we're setting people up to um, not only just fail or to feel fa to f the failure might happen, but then compounding those feelings of failure, which of course only makes you feel worse. Mm. Do you think we're living in a time when that's happening? I think we're actually getting better where mm -hmm. women have more choices. Mm -hmm. If you want to have an elective Caesar, the choice is there. Mm -hmm. um, is there a judgment on that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, why, like, 
why are you having an elective Caesar? Mm-hmm. You should try for birth. Um, I think there's still that judgment out there. Mm-hmm. Although in saying that, I think as a society we are moving forward, and you know, women are feeling empowered and they're able to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. 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 And what, what about other aspects of maybe parenthood? Do you think there is still a lot of judgments around other aspects like breastfeeding or? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, just, it's definitely. Have you had yeah. any particular experiences? Um, Either yourself or people you know who Really? No. Mm-hmm. My friends are very supportive. Mm-hmm. We're all mothers. Um, obviously, I have I have my social media account. Um, I do keep try to keep that quite positive though, and um, you know. Empowered women empower women is my Mm -hmm. mantra and Mm -hmm. I try and keep that in my bubble and if there is any negativity, block and delete, Mm -hmm. block and delete. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't really bite back to any of that. Um, Yeah. So do you get a bit of that on your social media profile? I have, yeah. Okay, some judgment. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I have. So what sort of things? People are very interested to know if I'm breastfeeding, how long I've breastfed and why I've stopped. Um, And, you know, there's some things that are private. Mm. um, And yeah, I've shared a lot on my social media account. Mm. I shared that I did breastfeed for both boys and how long for. um, And I think, I just don't know, people just have their, judgments and mm. you know mm. uh, social media is an open forum and yeah. they're 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 allowed to have their opinion um i'm allowed to have my opinion everyone's allowed to have their opinion and you know we're all not going to agree on things um but i'm not going to sit there and argue with you if i don't agree with you sorry yeah. Yeah. see ya mm. yeah yeah i don't really have time to be fighting back and going back and forward this may or may not be relevant but the birth with Harvey was so challenging for you both. Um, and then with Harry, it was so smooth. Has it impacted the way that you've parented each of them um, into, based on those experiences, do you think? Um, not really, but in terms of personalities, they're completely different. Completely different. It's funny you ask that because mm. Harvey's birth was chaos and Harvey is chaos. Harry is the most calm calm baby. If I could get, you could guarantee me, I would have another Harry, I would have another baby. (laughs) We can't. (laughs) We can't. Harvey is like the most beautifulest child, but he's he's full on and he's challenging right from day one. Mm -hmm. But he's perfect in his challenging way. Of course. Yeah, yeah, he's perfect in his challenging way, but Mm. he's he's my wild one. Um, Where Harry, I just, yeah, harmonious, what do I call him? Harmonious Harry. (laughs) Um, He's just, yeah, Mm. he's just the opposite to Harvey. Mm. So whether the birth has got anything to do with their personality or how they, I are often think that. Mm. I often think that. Mm. Of course, yeah. of course. You wonder. Mm. I really do think that. Jason, from a dad's perspective, what would have helped you uh, in this journey a little bit sort of earlier on, do you think, to get through? Um, with after Harvey was born? Yeah. yeah. Um, just more, maybe I could have been a little bit more supportive with Rachel, acknowledging what she'd just gone through rather than sort of putting it to the side that that's how things happen with birth. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware that that's what can take place. Yeah. I wasn't educated 
um, I went, I've got two younger brothers, so the sort of birth was never really spoken about in our family until mm. we conceived Harvey, went to the calm birthing class, and that's as much as education I've had over a 48 hour period. <laughs> I didn't want to go to that, Rachel forced me, so, but I'm incredibly thankful I went through that. So mm. in terms of my role, I could have been a little bit more supportive in communicating and maybe trying to get Rachel to open up and mm-hmm. making her feel comfortable about what just taken place. Okay. Um, so a person mm. could have maybe, I don't know, if, any, if there's a person who contacts the father to, to give me a bit of support, being the first time father, yeah. um, to say, hey, your wife's just gone through this experience, how she's acting. Have you thought about maybe asking mm-hmm. questions? Whereas, yeah. I just, I don't know, just that could have been a little bit better for me now, now we've spoken about this in this yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, I think in hindsight. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I think a few times we spoke about we should write a letter to the hospital as well. Yeah. But we get busy. As we part of the uh, debriefing the... process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just we just didn't, mm. did we? We just We were so tired and we, vulnerable, we, we, we got two a new yeah. baby. Yeah. But we, our focus wasn't there. What don't have the energy. Yeah. Don't have mm. the energy. And we didn't really know that it wasn't that normal of yeah. a process until months later when we started sharing our experience with other mums and mm, particularly process. when we conceived Harry and we went yeah. through the process of obviously choosing to go public mm. versus private um, where we shared our experience and that was when we got our eyes really opened up about how traumatic that was yeah. for Rach because yeah. that is not just taken it on board yeah. And, yeah. 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 yeah absorbed it all what were the starkest differences for you between the private and public communication yep mm. without a doubt and the people in the room on the birth were calm and talking to Rachel the whole time and seeing how she's going, asking us what names we've chosen. Because at that stage, when Harry was born, I called him Jack. <laughs> so he was Jack for 20 minutes, and then Rachel goes, no, he's Harry. So okay. <laughs> but it's just, it's yeah. communication, it was calm. And the lady who um, held Rachel's hand was the anaesthetist. And yeah. I, yes. I can't remember her name, but she was just a beautiful remember. human being. And it was just really refreshing to be in that room. And then mm. when Harry was born, to be placed on Rachel's chest, like that bonding moment that they had was just perfect. Mm. Mm. Um, and what it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And what a small, humane thing to hold someone's hand. I mean, how hard is that? It like, yeah. you know, gives me goosebumps right yeah. still now. Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. the one thing that I remember. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> yeah, is there any um, other kind of advice or pearls of wisdom, you know, around this mm. experience that you guys might want to share with our viewers? Um, me personally, I'd encourage any father, first-time father, to go through the calm birthing class, mm-hmm. just to understand what roles we can play through that whole labour mm-hmm. process, um, and sort of be prepared and sort of educate yourself a little bit further if it does have to go to an emergency cesarean, how you can sort of be educated and what to potentially expect. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Um, to a first time mum, pro, and it's so easy to say this, but you, it, it's hard to actually do it. Just have a plan, but if it doesn't go to plan, then it's actually okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If something doesn't feel right, speak up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you speaking up or you telling your husband to speak up because yes. I probably at that time I was on a lot of drugs mm. and I didn't wasn't in my right mind um, I kind of look back and wish that maybe not me speaking up but Jason's quite good with 
that kind of thing. Yeah. I should have said to him, hey, this is not right. You need to pull them in. Mm. Let's have a meeting. I want to know mm. the ins and outs of this, this and this. Why did this happen? What's going on here? Mm. Where we didn't do any of that. Yeah. So if something doesn't feel right, speak up and mm. make sure that you get the communication back. Mm. And if you don't, just keep asking the questions. Yes, mm. yes. And yeah. maybe if you've been given permission yeah. in your journey, you might have done that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and it's true that, you know, you should be offered, an op it was very clear that this wasn't a straightforward birth. Mm. Um, it should be standard protocol that all um, patients are offered debriefing yeah. and support and to identify yeah. um, additional supports that's needed that is part of good practice yeah. is allowing that to happen which obviously yeah. again didn't happen for you guys yeah. and I believe that part of that might be about fear of lit, um, litigation yeah. and things like that mm. that yeah. often it is brushed under the carpet and that just often leaves the parents feeling more so that their their experience hasn't been acknowledged yeah. for whatever reason yeah, yeah. 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 definitely mm. right do you think maybe you'll write that letter Three years down the track. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. Should we just tag the hospital in this? <laughs> hey! Social no. media. <laughs> Social media is a powerful tool, but I don't no. want to throw anyone under the bus. That's not no. what I'm here for. Yep. Yep. I'm actually here to help other mums. Yep. Expecting mums. Yep. All mums that have had a you know similar ordeal to me and are still, you know, five years, six years down the track feeling, you know, I still don't feel right about this. Maybe mm -hmm blaming themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe watching And I also think um, the looking back and thinking, if only this, if only that, that's part of the trauma as well. Yeah. So it's really important that we acknowledge you could only do so much at the time. Yeah. You only knew so much at the time. Yeah. This is the situation you were in. Yeah. You couldn't write the letter. You didn't have the resources. Yeah. Um, so acknowledging that that's part of the context to be able to help let it go as well. Let yeah. it go is so important. Yeah. I was going to say, when yeah. does the if, if, when does yeah. that stop? Like, well, it can, years, it can go on forever. Yeah. 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 yeah, And also it's important to note that obviously if it is causing ongoing distress, um, yeah. that it's important to seek help. So yeah. our viewers know that yeah, if it's starting to take over. Yeah. Mm. Rachel, Jason, thank you so much for talking with us on thank the Mum Drum you. today. It's been such a pleasure and so insightful and you've been so generous, both of you. No worries. Thank you so thank much for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Great. You've been listening to the Mum Drum Podcast. Watch or listen at mumdrum.org.au.